Hi, you're listening to the Sermon Recording Podcast of Awaken Church. Awaken is a church of missional communities whose vision is to see individuals experience healing through the gospel, be raised to their fullest potential among community, and sent out to live a life on mission. You can find out more online at awakenvb.com. And if you live in Hampton Roads, we invite you to check out our worship gathering in the Haygood area of Virginia Beach, Saturday evenings at 5 p.m. Thank you for listening. Hey everybody, I'm excited to be speaking with you again. We started a, a new series last week uh, called Give Thanks as we move into this Thanksgiving season. We wanted to do a series covering what genuine thankfulness looks like. And if we can be honest with one another, 2020, the year 2020, uh, seems like an odd time to be thankful, particularly currently. Uh, we're still in the middle of a pandemic where the numbers nationally are moving in the wrong direction. Uh, we're in the wake of a contentious election with accusations and misinformation flying around left and right. We're in a period of ongoing racial tension and protests. And regardless of whether you've been directly affected, either medically or financially, all of our lives are different than they were eight months ago, uh, whether it's having to wear masks when you go out to the grocery store or to restaurants, whether it's working remotely uh, when you're used to going into an office and being surrounded by people, whatever the case may be, we're all in this period of transition between what was and what is to come. This period of transition, uh, author Jeff Mannion refers to this as this space as the land between. And we're going to be building on that idea for what we're going to be talking about today. And so this idea of the land between, as Jeff Mannion calls it, is a direct reference to the Old Testament, uh, the Israelites. When they were in slavery in Egypt uh, for hundreds of years until God delivered them out of slavery through Moses and had Moses lead them out of Egypt into the land that he had promised them. And so you have Egypt and then you have the promised land and this land between, as Mannion calls it, is, is wilderness. Uh, it's uncultivated, uninhabited, and inhospitable. It's this land of transition that we all find ourselves in today, and it's what we're going to spend our time talking about um, today. This is going to be part one of, of two messages, so you're going to have to uh, tune in next week to get the back half, but this will be kind of set up the, the, what we're talking about this week. And so I want to set the stage a little bit. I want to give some some backstory to what Mannion is talking about when he when he's referring to this land between. And so you have the Israelites who who like I mentioned they were slaves in Egypt and they they if you're familiar with the story in Exodus Moses uh, God sends Moses to the Pharaoh in Egypt and delivers his people through Moses. He does you know the the plagues. I'm sure you guys have seen the movie right. And so they end up leaving Egypt. Pharaoh lets them go. They travel to this land that was promised them. This land flowing with milk and honey is how scripture describes it, called Canaan. And so they end up wandering in this wilderness, this land between for years. Again, the, this wilderness is inhospitable and they are around 600,000 people. And so they have to figure out what they're going to do for food and, and uh, to sustain them as they're traveling in this wilderness. And so... God provides for them where this is, we're going to read a passage in just a minute, but uh, again, setting the stage, giving the backstory, he provides for them this substance called manna. And the way that it works is in the mornings when the Israelites would get up, there would be like dew on the ground, this fine, white, flaky substance. Um, it would show up like frost on the ground every morning. 
And they would be able to take it and they would grind it up and they would either make, you know, like kind of a a porridge or an oatmeal out of it or they would bake it into cakes. Um, And by the time that we pick up this story in the passage that we're about to read uh, in the book of Numbers, they've already been wandering in this wilderness for two years. Okay, and so this is this is the backstory for the passage that we're going to read. And so uh, the story that we're going to read comes out of the book of Numbers. In the Old Testament, Numbers chapter 11, it's a very short passage that we're going to read. We're going to pick it up, chapter 11, verse 4. And this is what it says. The rabble with them began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. And so the Israelites have begun to complain. It says the rabble that was with them. So at least a contingent of people of this 600,000 people start to complain about eating the same thing over and over and over again. They have manna for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. Uh, I don't know if you can relate to this, if there was ever a a season in your life uh, where you were stuck due to a budget or something else, eating the same thing over and over again. For me, I immediately think back to the first time that I lived on my own moving out of the house. It was in my young 20s, and there was three to four of us sharing a place together, depending on if somebody was crashing on the couch at that period of time. And uh, there was never enough money for for bills and for everything else. And so uh, consistently, my grocery store trips consisted of uh, instant ramen. Uh, Campbell's soup because you could get them 10 for $10 uh, and, and craft easy Mac. Those were like, that was basically, I would put as much of that in my cart as I could afford on that day. And that would be my grocery trip. And for a few years, I ended up living off of just those three things, either instant ramen, Campbell's soup or craft easy Mac. And so that's me for a few years living off of three things. Uh, this is them living off of one thing for every meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I can certainly understand where the Israelites were coming from, but it's important that we understand that this is more than simply complaining about there being a lack of variety uh, in the meals that they were eating. This is more than simply fantasizing about, you know, just what a nice steak dinner would be like. The Israelites go as far as saying that it was better when we were in Egypt. Now, recall in Egypt, they were slaves before God delivered them. So now God has delivered them and he's been providing for all of their needs in the midst of this wilderness and their time in the wilderness. And it's essentially this contingent of Israelites is saying that they were better off in Egypt, essentially claiming we were better off before God got involved. We were better off on our own without God. And so, again, describe this, this wilderness as uncultivated, inhospitable, um, we may think that nothing grows in the wilderness, but according to, to Jeff Mannion, there are a few things that the wilderness is really fertile ground for. And the first thing that the wilderness is fertile ground for is complaint. When you're in these periods of transition and in instability, like we find ourselves in today, it's easy for us, if we're not careful, to become fixated on our circumstances and allow them to overpower this idea of genuine thankfulness that we've been talking about. 
when we think to ourselves, you know, whatever it is for you, fill in the blank, right? When, when I'm just so sick of this situation, I'm sick of having to work from home in the middle of this pandemic while also trying to figure out how to help my kids go to school virtually and having no time for myself in the midst of all this, right? Or I'm struggling, I'm so sick of struggling to pay bills and not being able to, to find work because of the economy the way it is right now. Or maybe I'm so sick of carrying the emotional weight of a family member's medical struggle and not knowing how to process it because I know that my entire family is counting on me to be the glue that holds everybody together. And so I have nobody that I can lean on, somebody who's there for me, right? Whatever it is for you, fill in the blank. But many of us right now are sitting in our own wilderness, sitting in this land between where we've come from and what is to come. And if we're not careful, we'll find that it is fertile ground for complaint. And this complaint will crowd out our ability to experience genuine and thankfulness. We become so fixated on our circumstances that we're completely unable to see what God is doing in the midst of those circumstances. Which brings us to another thing that wilderness is fertile ground for, and that is wilderness is fertile ground for God's provision. As the Israelites were traveling through the wilderness, they may not have had everything that they wanted, but God provided everything that they would ever need. Every morning they would wake up and the ground would be covered with this manna that was God's provision. Enough for the day and only that day. In fact, if you read, if they tried to gather enough uh, to last into the next day, they would wake up in the morning and find it smelling and infested with maggots, right? God gave them what they needed for that day and only for that day so that they would rely on him. It was never God's desire that they would remain in the wilderness, but he ensured that they would have what they needed as they moved through it. And as we find ourselves in this land between, we have to try to do our best to look for and recognize God's provision for us. Let's be honest, it may not be the provision we want. We would probably rather be taken out of the wilderness, right? But God doesn't always do that, but we can trust that he is with us in the wilderness. Which brings us to one last thing that we're going to look at, that the land in the wilderness is fertile to grow. And that is uh, the wilderness is fertile ground for growth. So why did the Israelites have to spend that much time in the wilderness? Anyway, if you look at a map, um, the distance between Egypt and Canaan is not that far. Uh, Even on foot, the journey should have taken approximately two weeks, maybe as long as a month because of all the people that they had with them. But if you read in scripture, they end up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Why? If you look at the context and you look at the backstory, God had chosen the Israelite people out of all the tribes and nations to be his representatives to the rest of the world, to show the rest of the world who he was and what a kingdom under God's reign would look like. The problem was coming out of Egypt, the Israelites were not those people. They had been living in Egypt for generations. They had been uh, indoctrinated into this polytheistic and idolatrous culture, and they carried that out of Egypt with them. I wish we had time to look into all of these passages individually, but if you go through the book of Exodus and the book of Numbers, uh, you'll see that, you know, they don't even make it. Everybody's familiar with the big story of, you know, the parting of the Red Sea so the Israelites could cross and leave Pharaoh's armies behind, right? They don't even make it to the crossing of the Red Sea before they start crying out to God that they would have been better off dying in Egypt than being, than following, than going with God's deliverance. 
When they get to Mount Sinai, Moses ascends the mountain to go meet with God and receive the law. And by the time he makes it down, the Israelites have already taken their gold jewelry and melted it down and made it into the image of a calf, a golden calf for them to worship. They don't trust God to deliver them the promised land the first time that they get there. They actually make it to the promised land and they send people in to check it out. And they're so afraid. They don't trust that God is going to deliver on his promise. And so God turns them back to wander the wilderness some more. God uses their time in the wilderness to teach them what trusting and relying on God looks like so that they were able to grow into the people that he had called them to be. When we find ourselves in the wilderness, we have a choice whether we'll respond in faith and choose to trust God, even in spite of our circumstances, to say, okay, things don't look the way that I want them to, but I will choose to trust that you are with me, providing for me, and inviting me to grow into the person that you've called me to be. When we're able to do this, we can experience genuine thankfulness, even in seasons that seem illogical. Uh... Jeff Mannion states, uh, and I just thought this was really good. The ground that we hate the most can produce the fruit that we desire the most. I'll say that again. The ground that we hate the most can produce the fruit that we desire the most. This wilderness, this land between is not a desirable place. It is not an enjoyable place to be. But the fruit that can come out of the time that we spend in the wilderness, if we choose to be faithful and we choose to trust God and we choose to exhibit genuine thankfulness, can produce fruit in our lives, the fruit that we need and the fruit that we desire. And so again, the ground that we hate the most can produce the fruit that we desire the most. When we find ourselves, as so many of us do right now, in this land between, this wilderness, this period of transition... We must fight against allowing our circumstances to crowd out God's provision and his presence with us in the wilderness, instead choosing to respond with genuine thankfulness. If this message hits close to home for you this week, uh, because that's exactly the struggle that you're experiencing right now, my prayer for you is that God would meet you in the wilderness, not necessarily that you would be delivered from, but that God would meet you in the wilderness. We've got a few questions for you guys to, to break down either with your families or with your missional communities. Uh, and the first one is this. What is it about the land between that makes it so fertile for this fruit? What is it about the land between that makes it so fertile for this fruit? Again, the fruit that we're referring to are the three things we just talked about. The uh, wilderness is, is fertile ground for complaint, for God's provision, and for growth. So what is it about the land between that makes it so fertile for this fruit, for these three things? Question number two, this is where we get reflective, right? We turn inward and, and, and look at ourselves. Number two, which of these three fruits is the most noticeable in your life currently? Which of these fruits is the most noticeable in your life currently? If someone from the outside looking in were to see you in this time of transition, this land of this land between, um, what would be most obvious to them? What would they be able to pick out? Is it the complaint, <laughs> um, the way that God is providing for you, 
or the growth that you're experiencing in the midst of it? Again, which of these three fruits is the most noticeable in your life currently? And finally, the last question, as it usually is, is not a question, but a, an action step, a challenge. And so uh, I think one of the ways that we can really practice this genuine thankfulness is to be intentional about recognizing where God has provided for us in our lives. And so the, the challenge for this week is I would like you to make a list of where you can see God's provision in your life during this season. Make a list of where you can see God's provision in your life during this season. Maybe that's then something, again, as a family that you guys can share as a way of showing gratitude and expressing our thankfulness to God or in your missional communities, you can go around and, and, and share some of the things that made your list. But again, this week's challenge is make a list of where you can see God's provision in your life during this season. As I mentioned at the beginning, this was part one of two. Uh, and so next week, uh, whether we end up being in person or we end up being back virtual, again, we're going to, uh, we'll let you know what that's going to be during this week after the co-leaders get a chance to, to discuss the, the governor's orders that were put out today. But uh, again, so whether it's virtual or in person, I, I look forward to being able to deliver part two of this message with you guys next week. So God bless. I'm so excited uh, to move into this new series and hopefully that we are able to experience Experience and practice genuine thankfulness, even in a, a season that may seem illogical to do so. So God bless. We'll see you guys soon.